<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. I mean, respectfully, guys, I don't, I find this, a lot of this offensive. Gary Hoffman. You're coming to some serious conclusions for a guy that has zero intelligence. Shannon Farron. Gary. We have nothing to hide. Shannon. Shameful and wrong. Gary and Shannon. That's what you guys should be writing. Oh, it's Saturday night. Gary and Shannon. That was fun. Hey, uh, Blakey, quick gas go around. Oh, wow. Let's do it. Right out of the box. Right out of the chute. Welcome to Thursday, December 6th. Happy anniversary to my beautiful wife, by the way. Uh, 21 years. God I hope that's bless. not what the gas go around is God about. God bless her oh, soul. Congratulations. She is a beautiful, Let's uh, all say a prayer. smart, and strong woman to have done this for this long. Yes, sir. Day is coming. Mm. Moment of silence for Shannon Hoffman. Oh, wow. Now you got it. Now he's going to do. All right. So here we go. How long did it take you to get to work today, oh. Blake Doan? Uh, that would be an hour and 45 minutes. Mm. Wait, we need a reference. How long should it have taken you? No traffic or a normal day? Uh, let's say you're coming in Saturday morning to work handle show. Uh, that takes 30 minutes, sir. Excellent. Mm. Got it. Nicholas Squirrel. It took me about an hour 20. Mm. Monica. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And it usually takes 10 minutes. Where do you live? I am from Florida where it rains every day. Uh And I'm used to the rain. It's like you people forget. That doesn't change everyone else around you, though. Yeah, you're right, but I still still work my way around. I'm good. (laughs) Uh, Hoffman. Uh, Mine was an hour and 10. Yeah, mine was about an hour and a half. Uh, it was I, just bumper to bumper the whole way. An hour and a half to go 19 miles. Well, I got oh, off man. the freeway at one point, um, like Lancashire, I-5, and I came through sort of north Sun Valley, North Hollywood area. And Lancashire in through that area is two lanes, both directions, plus you've got that center turn lane. On both sides of the roadway, the right lanes were completely flooded. And any of the cars that were parked along the street there are gone. I mean – Flooded out, they will be totaled because of this. And I don't know, I, I didn't think it was raining that hard when I left my house. But by the time you get down, you realize it's been raining like this for some time. Yeah, this and, is legit rain. And we don't, I mean, we being LA, we don't have the infrastructure to deal with. We don't have a the drainage. Like the yeah. drainage. And all it takes is like four Cheetos and Takis bags to clog up one of these drains. And the entire street is flooded. So there were points in in just driving through some of these surface streets, North Hollywood, North Burbank, that sort of area, where a five-lane road is down to one lane because people are afraid to drive through, you know, the the water on the corner because they know it's about three feet deep and their car's going to knock out. Yeah. It was busy. Yeah, I lost traction a couple times. 
It, it gets to be a bit of a, a small river on the foothill there. Uh, my, my wife, my daughter is terrified of driving in the rain, which is the most Southern California thing I think I, I've ever said about her. It, it's so funny you say that because I, I think about this every time it rains like this. When I was your daughter's age, my mom made me drive home from San Francisco and it was one of those just fire hose rain days. Yeah. And I'm on the 101 and I'm freaking out. I'm swearing and I'm terrified. And she's like, you got to do it because I'm not you're I'm not going to be here all the time. You've got to know that you can drive through this and you'll be just fine. And I thought about that today again. Wow, is that that Catholic mom guilt? Yes. <laughs> she does very well at wow. it apparently. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so the National Weather Service says that there is a flash flood warning and it's going to stay in effect uh for another 30 minutes or so. For the Woolsey Burn area, the Hill Fire Burn area in uh, eastern Ventura and the Woolsey Burn area in western L.A. counties because of the rain that's been coming through here. it will We will see. There is a chance they could extend that. There is another flood advisory, a more general flood advisory for all of the county that's up until 1145. But again, these are just very basic um, warnings, blanket warnings. Some of the locations that they say that will experience flooding, L.A., Long Beach, Pasadena, Acton Park. Every place, basically. So turn around. This is their caution from the National Weather Service. This is not mine, although we could say it's a Gary and Shannon PSA. Turn around, don't drown. I love that when one. You're encountering it's got to be my roads. favorite warning. Oh, most, and I hate it because I hear it so much. Most flood deaths occur <laughs> inside vehicles. Uh, excessive runoff from this heavy rainfall will cause flooding of small I mean, creeks and streams. We're such a stupid people, aren't we? It's just, that we have to have a warning that says, turn around, don't drown. Well, I think it's just there's a sense of safety that people feel <laughs> in their vehicle like that where they don't realize. If you've, ever, if you've ever driven through a flooded road or anything where your car starts to move just a little bit, mm-hmm. you will crap yourself. I mean, <laughs> and that will be a healthy amount of fecum that fills your pants. Wow. I'm serious because I've done that before. My dad and I were you driving in a, in a pickup <laughs> Please, truck. Don't give us more details. I don't know if you remember where my parents live. They're near a river and the the road goes through the river. Yes. And 300 and once every two years, they close that road because the river's high enough. The storm rolled through and there's enough water on the roadway to, to you know, move the car. Yeah. Well, we drove through it on perhaps the one day out of every two years that we shouldn't have. And we didn't, you know, float down the river or anything, but it moved. So and so that was terrifying. So you're the horse's ass that is the reason we get the warning. Technically, Dad was the horse's ass. I'm going to lay it at his feet because he was the one driving. I will say that Southern California streets aren't really equipped for this kind of rain. They're not. There's, no, the there's no drainage system Absolutely here. Absolutely not. not. There's flooding everywhere. All right, coming up next, Reba McIntyre performed. The Oak Ridge Boys performed. We'll tell you all the latest coming out of the celebration of life for George H.W. Bush. Gary and Shannon will continue. Report from Burbank Airport, Bob Hope Airport, southwest flight from Oakland, rolled off the end of runway 8 while landing. No injuries. It was stopped. The plane was stopped by the engineered material arresting system. 
which is designed to do just that, designed to stop an aircraft that goes off the end of the runway. Very short runway there, if you know that airport. Um, but no no injuries, no problems at all. Everything worked the way it was supposed to work. Happened about 9 o'clock this morning. I wonder what that feels like. I Not mean, great. Well, have you ever done that? You run off the end of the runway? Uh, no. But I imagine that, you know, I've seen you on landing before. That's usually the loudest most bone rattling moment on the airplane is when you you touch down and then the reverse thrusters come on either mm-hmm. the engine flap the cowling changes or whatever happens and the brakes are and everything starts to go like that and you realize hey we're not really slowing down <laughs> um one of my favorite things about the charger's flights is the windows are the shades are always down so we don't even know when we're landing kind of just happens and then you're like all right how are you here. doing with all that great i haven't had any problems i don't take the xanax anymore do you I've, it's completely broke well see what happened was animals? on the first flight of last year i think it was i said to matt matt money smith hey i'm kind of a nervous flyer so if i like grab onto you or something i apologize in advance and he just looked at me and he said farron we're not doing that we're not gonna do that tough love and I was like, whoa. And it kind of snapped me out of it. And uh, and it, I, I don't have the fear of flying. Was it because he was, was going to grab very, you harder? He was very stern about it. You could tell he was a father of three girls. And he was not going to put up with any BS. Oh, I love it. Uh, See, I didn't. My reaction to it was whatever. Yeah, you were no tough love. You were just nice about it. My husband, too, always very nice about it. What what I needed was a good, stern a good talking money, to. Yeah. Um, there was a passenger on this plane, by the way, that tweeted a photo saying the runway was wet from the rainstorm and it caused the plane to hydroplane after landing and that the pilot was quick and regained control of the aircraft to stop it safely. I don't know about uh, hydroplaning. That seems like a very uh, 1982 Honda Civic thing to do. Those those runways are usually grooved so the water doesn't gather on them. In Burbank? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Um, today, we will see the funeral for George H.W. Bush, the official uh, burial today. The train that's been carrying his body through Texas, through Spring, Texas, uh, is right there getting ready to, I believe it's accept the body and then make its way towards College Station. The... Official burial will be at the George H.W. Bush Library at Texas A&M. And in the event today in Houston, what looked like the cast of a bad Harry Potter spinoff sang Amazing Grace. It was the Oak Ridge Boys. Yes, but that it was w- Dumbledore and it was Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, they've seen better days, but still, this was... Uh, It's a nice rendition. We mentioned a couple of days ago about the socks. They finally posted a picture of his socks that he would be wearing as he's being buried. And it's a Navy Flyers in formation Very cool. on his socks as a, a reference to his time as a naval aviator. James Baker spoke today, of course, former Secretary of State. The two were friends for years. And he remembered H.W. as having had the courage of a warrior, but the greater courage of a peacemaker. Uh, emotional eulogy. He began it with an apology using the nickname Hefe 
which is Spanish for boss. He said he was going to brag about Bush, even though the former president hated boasting. <laughs> uh, he'll be buried in a private ceremony later today. Um, the family still in the front row uh, of the funeral, or I should say again in the front row of the funeral today in Houston. And this is one of those things that I, I, um, I, I think about we do as a country that other countries don't necessarily do. I mean, this this you, you talk we talk about the uh, peaceful transition of power from one administration to the next and the um, sort of uh, solemn promise from one person to the next in terms of who is going to be the president, who will be the president. And the conversations that they have are always friendly and nice. This this idea that we lay our presidents to rest like this, where the the whole country pays attention to it, I think is a nice thing. And I don't I don't know any other country that does that uh, the way that we do it. Um, there was something yesterday that that kind of rankled me, I guess, when we were talking about not we, but the, when people were talking about what happened at the National Cathedral about whether or not. Hillary Clinton looked at Donald Trump when he walked in or if Bill Clinton shook Melania's hand who, who gives it it's not about them it's not about their relationship or who's an a-hole and who's not and it cheapens it uh, which is why we left a lot of that stuff out of out of our coverage uh, it's 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 absolutely not about that and furthermore George HW was not about that kind of petty crap and so why even write an article about it? Everybody knows the Clintons don't like the Trumps. Big whoop-de-doo. Yeah. At this one, too, from the, uh, from the Washington Post. All the presidents at the Bush funeral service together recited this core prayer except one. The so Apostles' Ma- Creed. Right. Okay. So, Michelle, uh, by the way, and I don't know anybody who knows this thing necessarily no, by no, no. heart. They but- were all reading it. They all had, like, booklets. And is Trump going to pick up a booklet and read the Apostles' Creed no. from what you know about him? No. It's not a big deal. And I saw that headline today. Hey, evangelicals, your president's not reading the Apostles' Creed. Can we rise above that for George H.W. Bush's funeral? Do we have to to talk about that kind of stupid crap? And whether or not this means— I'm going to stop saying crap, by the way. I've said it three times, I think. Mood because of the rain. I am. I do have a little bit of seasonal affective disorder. And you know what makes it feel better? Pizza. Exactly. But the round table site's not working. What? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean it's not well, working? Well, it's not. We're, I'm trying to type in the address and it won't let me. Nick, let's get corporate round table on the phone. See what's up with the website. I'll put website. in a health ticket. He keeps uh, saying, sorry, we cannot tweet. deliver to this Tweet them. That's what it address. is. Nick, tweet them right now. That's how people get things done. That's that's the uh, the 2018 version of can I talk to the manager, please? We're going to tweet them a message. That's a really good point. Should Tell I just you. send it, or do you want to compose something first? Uh, let's just say, I just, just say, say, I, I, say, hey, hey, hey at like, Roundtable, your site's down. We want a pizza. We need our all-meat pizza for Blake's special day. Or Shannon's, and Shannon's seasonal effective. And story. my anniversary. And Gary's, and Gary's anniversary. anniversary. We should yeah. lead with that, probably. probably how many yeah. pizzas are we getting? One. We'll see. We'll see how powerful well, yeah. Nick's tweet Maybe is. we'll get a free pizza out of this. All right. Yeah, I'll tweet, too. That's a great idea. We, when we come back, Cleveland police apparently are in over their head. How how can this possibly be? Oh, you know how it is? If you watched any of the footage of the officers that turned up on scene to investigate the assault involving Kareem Hunt and a 19-year-old girl in a hotel hallway, they talked to him like he is the star that he is. It's very deferential. It's very like, oh, oh, so you're Kareem Hunt. Oh, I thought so. It's like when it was almost like when I met Eric Dickerson. 
right? Yeah, but you weren't investigating him for beating no, anybody up. No, but they up. were total fanboys. Oh, that's too bad. Total fanboys. All right, we'll talk more about this when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. What do you mean? Gary and Shannon. Yeah. That's, that's us. Keeping our eyes on the rain, of course, this flood advisory that has been posted for all of L.A. County until about 1145. There is a, a specific flash flood warning that's in effect for the burn areas, the hill burn area and the Woolsey fire burn area up in for another 10 minutes or so, although that could could potentially be expanded. You heard during traffic there problems on the southbound I-5 Roxford to the 405 as you come into the uh, north end of the San Fernando Valley. Also, snow has prompted the closure of the 5 there through the Grapevine uh, <laughs> between Parker Road and Castaic area and the Grapevine area near Fort Tejone. And we told you about that flight that rolled off the end of the runway at Hollywood Burbank Airport. I'm chuckling because everything is okay. It ended up in an area called the Engineered Material Arresting System. It is a safety system designed to stop planes if they go off the end of the runway, and it worked as advertised. No injuries were reported. Uh, that plane, though, I, I'm assuming it's like uh, cardboard. This is the stupidest analogy I can think of, but it's a series of cardboard boxes at the end of the runway so that instead of being on hard surface, hard asphalt, it's going to plop down into this super soft stuff so that it slows it down before it goes to, through the fence like it did 20 years ago, whatever that was. That plane oh, right. And didn't it go into the gas station? Yeah. Yeah. No good. Um, Wall Street, not looking good this morning. Dow down uh, 543 right now. Terrible day. Of course, markets were closed yesterday for the National Day of Mourning of George H.W. Bush. And it looks like they picked up where they uh, left off. Not great. It was also because we had Canada arrest a Chinese guy, uh, like the president of a uh, Chinese technology company. And there are now concern, more concerns, I guess, about whether or not we're going to be able to hammer out this trade deal with China that the president's been talking about. Police in Cleveland now say they've opened an internal investigation into the department's response to that incident involving star Kansas City Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt. This new investigation was announced yesterday. They have determined that a member of the Cleveland Division of Police did provide a copy of the police report to a representative of the NFL back in February, but the report did not go through the official public records request process. The report was given to the NFL under the table. This is all about plausible deniability, and the NFL saying that it can look the other way. We don't really know what happened. It's really pretty gross when you think about it. It happened in February. This, of course, was the assault caught on a surveillance camera in a hotel hallway of Kareem Hunt pushing a girl, 19-year-old girl, he's 23, pushing her in the hallway, pushing through his friends to get to her. And then when she's on the ground, kind of uh, cowering away from him, he kicks her before he goes back inside his hotel room. This goes to what I was saying, though, when we were talking about this earlier this week. I have a strong belief that the NFL security office is not run by a bunch of bumpkins. These guys know exactly what they're doing, high-level, high-end law enforcement experience, and that they would be able to get this type of a thing without going through the formal records. where They would know enough people. They'd have enough sources. They'd be able to get these reports 
um, early on so that they could help craft what the NFL response was going to be. I almost think that the NFL security office at this level is really the NFL PR office, and there's more lawyers in there than there are detectives really wanting to get to the bottom of what happened. If they don't get to the bottom of what happened, then they don't have to admit they knew what happened with Kareem Hunt. They can play yeah. the the Pollyanna when TMZ drops the video in November or December when the Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl. They can say, what? We never got that video. What's interesting is the Chiefs themselves, this guy's team, said that they never made a formal records request regarding the incident, according at least the Kansas City Star had reported that. Several news organizations and someone named Greg T., another woman, Kelly Ottinger, they did seek various records from police in the aftermath of the alleged assault. So it's likely that not only there were reporters, for example, that were looking for information about this, TMZ, obviously. You've got the woman who is the, the victim in this case. Her potential lawyers were looking for information or friends that were trying to find out information in preparation for a lawsuit or filing charges or whatever. To drill down on your point... Uh, the league's vice president of communications, Brian McCarthy, told ESPN that NFL representatives made requests for surveillance video to the hotel property. And to your point, if the NFL security office wanted surveillance video, they would have gotten it. There's no way they made requests, or if they did, they were uh, very... um, They were CYA. They were covering their butts on that one. Yeah, but I don't think they made requests. Or if they did, it was like an email from a junior executive to some other junior executive. You know what I mean? I don't think it was the security office banging on the door of that hotel saying, give us the video. Because they would have gotten it if that was the case. No, it was a softly worded letter. Hey, if you guys think about it or if you have time, maybe you shoot us a copy of that. Oh, no, you can't? Oh, okay, never mind. Exactly right. Here's a couple of tickets to the next Browns game. Yep. And if they really wanted to screw you, they'd give you four tickets to the Browns game. And you could just tell that the paperwork was going to get lost in this thing or that it was going to get it was not going to make it to the NFL or the Kansas City Chiefs because of the demeanor of the officers who responded. The way that they're talking to him and his friends, it's like they want to be friends with them. They want to they want to be in Kareem Hunt's good graces because he's such a star. Which is a weird thing to me because if you're a Cleveland cop, I mean, it's one thing to be able to recognize the guy or his friends tell the cops, hey, this is Kareem Hunt. He's an NFL player. And you kind of go along with it to get into his good graces. But what does a Cleveland cop have to do with a guy who plays football for Kansas City? It's just fanboy stuff. That's it? You know, yeah. (sighs) All right. Hey, listen, tomorrow we would love the, the rain, by the way, will stop. Promise you. Tomorrow is going to be an absolutely fantastic day. We are going to be live at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove. All of us, all all the way from Jonesy and Wake Up Call at 5 in the morning, all the way through the Conway Show at 10 o'clock tomorrow night, broadcasting live from Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove for our annual KFI Postathon to benefit Katarina's Club and help Chef Bruno feed 20,000 kids a week in L.A. and Orange Counties. So... We are accepting, obviously, donations of pasta and sauce like we have for years, money donations out at the site. And if you can't make it out there for some reason, you can still definitely help us out. Go to pastathon.com, and you will see not only the alternate drop-off locations for your pasta and sauce, 
Also, the details about the Smart and Final deal. Anywhere, any Smart and Final store in California, Arizona, or Nevada, you ask the cashier about the $10 donation for Katarina's Club, and you'll be able to donate right there at the register when you check out. Donation provides meals to 14 kids. Plus, at pastathon.com slash shop, the details on all of the items that we are auctioning off. Every show has different items that we're auctioning off. There's other things like uh, two-night stay in Vegas. There's a case of wine, conversations with uh, Dr. Wendy or Brian Suits or anybody. We are auctioning off a game, a Dodgers game, coming up next season with us in the luxury suite. And again, you could probably not check the box where we go with you. That's up to you. The second thing is we're auctioning off a speaking role in the upcoming Gary and Shannon production of A Christmas Carol. That's coming up a couple of weeks from tomorrow. So all of that stuff is on the website. We would absolutely love to see you out there at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove tomorrow. And uh, if you haven't seen this operation, by the way, in terms of the the sheer amount of pasta and sauce that comes in on it this day. It is heartwarming, really. It's, it's, it's just you, you have chills all day. Uh, KFI audience is the best and so freaking helpful every year at, at Postathon. All right, coming up next, a senior aide to Kamala Harris is in trouble for uh, what one of our IT guys did yesterday. Uh-oh. Gary and Channel will continue. Gary and Shannon. Hey, good news, by the way. It looks like the National Weather Service has allowed to expire the flash flood warning that was posted for, uh, for the burn areas, for the Woolsey Fire and the Hill Fire burn areas in Ventura and L.A. counties. But they do have that general flood advisory still in effect for another hour or so uh, as we watch these, uh, as we watch the rains roll through expectation is that they'll taper off pretty significantly by the afternoon and this evening uh maybe some showers possible overnight and into tomorrow morning but for the most part should be a dry clear weekend stocks are tumbling knocking 600 points off the dow putting the benchmark s&p 500 on track for its worst week since march uh, this is all about investors' worries that the arrest of a senior Chinese tech executive threatens to worsen the old trade agreement that's very tenuous between us and China. Traders continue to shovel money into bonds. Uh, so that means that they're seeing some weakness as they look ahead at the economy. Also been watching the president, uh, George H.W. Bush, the casket was finally loaded onto the train there in Spring, Texas. And just a couple of moments ago, some guys inside the train pulled back curtains and through some big plexiglass windows in the side of one of those train cars, you can see the casket. It's going to make its way from Spring, Texas, uh, up to College Station, Texas, uh, over a couple of hours before they uh, do the official burial at the library later today. Well, well, well. It looks like a longtime staff, uh, top staff member excuse me, of Kamala Harris has resigned after the Sacramento Bee started asking questions, asking questions about a $400,000 harassment and retaliation settlement. This is all about a guy named Larry Wallace, served as the director of the Division of Law Enforcement under then-Attorney General Harris. He was accused by his former executive assistant of gender harassment and other demeaning behavior, including frequently asking her to crawl under his desk to change the paper in his printer. Why do why do people think they can get away with this stuff? 
<laughs> and I don't know why that's funny, except just yesterday, uh, one of our IT guys was in here pulling right. cables under, and he your, the, said, under your desk. And he said to me, Shannon, please don't be looking at my butt crack down here. And I said, I promise I won't. This lawsuit A different was, type of workplace. <laughs> very much so. The lawsuit was filed a couple of years ago, actually, when Kamala Harris was still the attorney general. Um, she had been elected at that point as the senator, but she was still uh, she still hadn't been sworn in yet. And it was settled a few months later by Javier Becerra, of course, who was uh, appointed to replace her as attorney general. And at that time, this guy was working for Harris as a senior advisor in the uh, in the Sacramento office there. The lawsuit says that Wallace placed his printer on the floor underneath his desk and ordered this woman to replace the paper or ink on a daily basis. When she asked to move the printer to another location so she would not have to crawl under his desk in dresses and skirts, he refused. He frequently asked her to put paper in the printer while he was sitting at his desk or in front of other male executives from the division. Um, She also says that he took away her meaningful tasks and put her in charge of running personal errands instead, including booking flights for this guy's kids, washing and performing maintenance on his car, when she would return from these assignments, the lawsuit, sa- the lawsuit says coworkers would make hostile comments to her, including, are you walking the walk of shame? She eventually told her supervisor about the harassment, asked for help, um, but that uh, she didn't get any. And the lawsuit says that she was set up to fail. Yeah, she goes on to say that she was involuntarily transferred to another bureau within the Department of Justice and started to look for a job outside of that department specifically, but that the amount of stress that she was under because of the harassment took a toll on her health, her physical health, her mental health. Panic attacks, depression, pinched nerve in her arm that required surgery. Of course, Kamala Harris has been a big figure in the Me Too movement. And this is two years ago. Did, Did you ever wonder, like... I don't know. There's a lot of people who work in this building. And I don't mean our station. I mean just in terms of the building and that building over there. How many of these unnamed lawsuits are going that we simply don't know about? And that's on top of the hundreds that we do know about. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the big name people that have all come up and had right. to pay Like out. Joe Schmo on uh, the third floor here. Is he in trouble for making some girl crawl under the table? Is there an apple in every office? There's got to be. Maybe we should take calls about that at some point. Who's the apple in your office? Right. Who's the apple in your office? You don't name names or anything, but you just describe the apple behavior. Yeah, but it's like that old poker table rule that if you can't find the fish at the table, it's probably you. Right. If somebody calls in and they go, we don't have anybody. We don't have any apples in this office. Then we say, you, sir, are the apple. (laughs) Uh, All right. When we come back, an update on what's going on with our rain, seeing things move through. Thankfully, we'll see if the flooding has stopped on I-5. Checking that airplane in uh, Burbank that skidded off the runway. And Justin Warsham, uh, host of the Dad Podcast, is going to join us. Um, and we're going to talk about s- something very sensitive. About- I am not I, – I do not want to talk about this at all. I know, Let's but- just let – me, let me be clear. I don't want to talk about this at all, and I think it's a bad call. I ju- we're going to change it. We're going to say, have, have you had – have you talked to your kids about – Peanut butter. Peanut butter. All right. It's a timely thing, if you get my reference, parents. A couple of weeks, that important question about peanut butter will be coming up. Some people use peanut butter as a tool, and some people use it as a, as a weapon. How old are you when you stop eating peanut butter? That's a, that's a great one. Or do you eat it 
forever. Yeah. Blake still loves The whole time butter. that you're in the house. He looks forward to peanut butter every year. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Gary and Shannon. The FAA has just lifted that ground stop that was issued after the Southwest flight that rolled off the end of the runway at Hollywood Burbank Airport, Southwest Flight 278. Incoming from Oakland, the ground stop had affected flights leaving from airports within about a three-hour flying distance of Burbank. It did not prevent aircraft from departing Burbank. However, uh, that plane, by the way, Went into the EMAS, the Engineered Material Arresting System, and it was able to stop the plane. It's desi- hot. It's designed to stop planes if they go off the end of the runway, and it did just that. No injuries reported. Came in a little hot. At least it didn't, didn't go through the fence and across Hollywood Boulevard like it did uh, 20 years ago. Remember that? It hit that gas station on yeah. the other side. Nah, yeah. They promptly took that gas station out. Yes, they uh, moved. They realized it's a bad idea to have a gas station at the end of a runway. But I think about that. Sometimes I do come in on Hollywood Boulevard right by the airport there, and they've got those giant uh, uh, air ramps, like whatever slopey, you call it, yeah. to you know to get the jet wash up off of Hollywood Boulevard so it doesn't blow your car over. And I always think, man, that would be the weirdest thing to see a plane just coming out of the... Like a skate the, ramp. Yeah. Like, uh, I was driving in here, uh, and right there on Vineland, right behind the Burbank Airport, there were three sedans and a minivan that were just stuck with headlights on, nobody in them, completely flooded. Oh, man. And it was very uncomfortable to watch because you see, you know, fellow Angelinos, even though we're here in Burbank, but they're just not used to this kind of stuff. And they pull up in their crossover, and they're like, I think I can make it. Right. I feel strong about it. Yeah. And then they start to go. Like, even though we started the show with... Uh, turn around, don't drown, yep. which is the world's greatest public service announcement. That special funeral train carrying the casket of President George H.W. Bush has begun its journey to College Station. That's where he'll be buried during a private service in the family plot on the grounds of his presidential library. The number 4141 train uh, left the Houston suburb of spring, light rain, painted to resemble Air Force One. The uh, what's interesting is they've taken the drapes back and you there are plexiglass windows that you can see the casket as it's driving by and they've uh, or as it's rolling by. They have a camera affixed to the side of the train as it's going through Spring, Texas, as it's leaving town. There's a few hundred people that have lined the railroad tracks just to watch this train go by. Wanted to mention this, too, just crossing the wire. Voluntary evacuation orders issued by the O.C. Sheriff's Department for Tribuco Creek, Rose Canyon, Uh, Mystic Oaks areas. Uh, Those are the holy fire burn areas. Again, those are voluntary evacuation orders. All right. Uh, Oh, at the bottom of the hour, you mentioned the airplane. At the bottom of the hour, uh, Andrew Molnebeck is going to join us from the airport and talk more about what's going on and how they're going to, I mean, now they're going to move the plane. I mean, it's sitting at the end of the runway. Basically, I mean, it's not mud, but kind of the impression is that it's stuck in the mud. How do they get that thing out of there and get everything back up and running? It is 11 a.m. on a Thursday, which means we get together with Justin Worsham, host of the Dad Podcast. Dot com. Like that? Yeah, that was good. I'm so excited to talk about peanut butter. Listen, we're, we're treading carefully here. And by the way, this is not the sex talk. That's not what we're talking about. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Oh, okay. I, I didn't even want to do this, so uh, I like the peanut butter idea, but I'm gonna I'm just going to sit this one out. I don't want to ruin any lives. I'm going to try to tee this up so that parents are clear about what we're talking about. 
There is a time in every kid's life when they stop like eating peanut butter. Eating right. peanut butter. Right. And I'm using that as a euphemism. I'm trying to spell it because people are going to go, what did you guys? My kid's not allergic. I love the idea of uh, of adults not grasping it. Okay. That, to to well, me, and this that's is a, great. It's a, it's a <laughs> seasonal thing because right around this time of year, a lot of kids are paying a lot yeah, of attention weather, to peanut you butter. like those calories. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, so we wanted to say this very clearly, just in case there are kids around, yeah. how it is. I mean, psychologists have talked about whether or not we need to um, tell kids that peanut butter is a real thing. Right. Where Where do they fall on the peanut butter uh, side of things? What yeah. age? Yeah. And it's it's. I thought this was really interesting. I'm a pro peanut butter guy, but I I, I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, and when I, but when I read this guy's kind of argument about it, I was like makes a lot of really solid points. But you have two kids, and I think this is an interesting thing. I mean, I have two kids, and it was my son who told my daughter when she was about five that peanut butter wasn't a thing. Mm. And we so we had to go through the explanation of, I mean, first of all, it was upsetting because I think a lot of parents want to want to see in their kids this belief in peanut butter. That, right. Like, it's something to look forward to. It's Some people use it as a weapon, as I mentioned before the top of the hour, and I don't think that's a good thing, but... There's a certain amount of innocence about peanut butter that is just a joyous thing to behold in a child. And that's another point that I think I don't he doesn't say it in those words, but that was kind of what it opened my eyes to was reading this psychologist's perspective on it is that what is peanut butter really for the kid or is it more for the parents? And 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 how much of an impact that it does. And one of the arguments that he says is is that kids kids are imaginative, right? They could they could you could picture any kind of condiment. You can you could Paint that condiment in any picture you want, and they're still going to enjoy it, is his argument. And it'll also make this time even more magical if that's just a fun thing. Right. If peanut butter is just a fun thing, but every, everybody everybody gets it. And I, I don't know. I mean, I know Shannon's sitting this one out, but uh, she's on the bench like a survivor immunity challenge right now. But the... <laughs> no reward for you. I got nothing for you. Uh, but so, I mean... I feel like just what we were talking about before we came back is that you you already are kind of you're you're cool with this idea. You don't you don't really have, but you said it, as a as a parent you like seeing the joy. It's very similar to taking your kid to Disneyland for the first time, right? right. That is way more about the parent than anything. As an example, last night uh, walking through the mall, I see peanut butter, right, and I think to myself that that child if it if i was with my kids i i remember mm-hmm. when they were younger seeing peanut butter and thinking uh, th- how magical it was and you know how did peanut butter get here this is crazy i thought peanut butter was you know it should should be in the cupboard or whatever and it it was it was a it was a magical time when it was taken away when peanut butter was taken away from my kids it was sad for me and I know that there are things like, you know, I, I as the father, you know, your mother and I, we are the ones who bring you joy and bring you peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It's not peanut butter that makes those things happen. It's it's really us, maybe in conjunction with peanut butter. You want to talk, you know, if you want to, but that I don't want, I never wanted them to rely on peanut butter as the bringer of all great things. Yes, which is also a big point that by... By taking away the emphasis of peanut butter, that you make it more about a family, makes it more about uh, the joy of it. Uh, I really like personally my brother-in-law's approach, where he said, "Listen, when you're no longer interested in peanut butter, 
peanut butter doesn't serve a purpose anymore for you, like kind of thing. And so it's been a oh, joke, like a I fun see. thing that now he's got 25-year-old kids who uh, still love peanut butter, <laughs> no matter what form it comes this in. This is like, awesome, by the way. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Well, so I, I think it's one of those. Uh, Please this, tweet Gary and Shannon if you're not understanding what peanut butter is. Just because I want, yeah. I want, no, I'm, I'm like and seeing then, peanut butter in such a new light. Do not allow your hashtag kids. Hashtag what the F is peanut butter. <laughs> do not allow kids oh, uh, access to your Twitter account right. after that. Um, <laughs> but I think this is one of those parental things. I know plenty of people who never, never went down the peanut butter route. Right. I mean, they, they didn't want it. They didn't really? let their kids have it because they didn't want I know people too. The, and and I mean, it's a thing. It's fine. Whatever. That's fine. It, because, But it doesn't make them a more evolved parent nope. if their child is not eating peanut butter. Right. It's just, it's just a different way to do it. Two big things that I think are valid points that need to be made before we uh, go and talk more about peanut butter in a different light, I'm imagining. But the um, I just got the first message. What the heck is peanut butter? <laughs> I don't get it. Help us out, Shannon. That's how yeah. you can help. So is number one is that the psychologist says that if you lie about your kids, uh, lie to your kids about peanut butter, they are uh, research says they are more likely to lie themselves as they grow older. So that's an argument against it. The other thing, and you kind of touched on this already that I've heard from other parents that I think is worth mentioning, is that you, you be aware of what uh, peanut butter provides and you don't want it to provide uh, very uh, grandiose uh, sandwiches, right. right? You want it to be kind of you know nominal sandwiches Finger because sandwiches. you don't want ever you don't want your kid thinking, well, why does uh, Jerry up the block have a a, a six foot long hoagie of PB and J, and I've got this little one on Wonder Bread? Like, how does that make sense for me? Yeah, like I said, we the parents are the ones who bring the peanut butter. Right. We we are truly the peanut butter. Yeah. I think we nailed it. I hope so because if you didn't understand it, you got to go back to the beginning and listen to how the explanation we got. To I peanut really butter. want you guys it's to just, win an Edward R. Murrow for this. <laughs> when we come back, speaking of awkward conversations, the sex talk. Gary and Shannon will continue. Justin Warsham, host of the Dad Podcast. Oh. Thursday, December 6th, keeping our eyes on the rain, obviously, the plane that went off the end of the runway at Burbank Airport. Everybody's fine, but uh, we'll talk with Andrew Mullenbeck in a few minutes more on that. There have been a few places where some mudslides have been reported. Uh, In Malibu along PCH near Leo Carrillo Beach, there were at least uh, two cars that were trapped, I believe. And the flood advisory, the general flood advisory for L.A. County is going to stay up for another 25, 30 minutes or so. We do expect showers throughout the day today. Also, uh, a little bit later this hour, we're going to get into the threat that was apparently scrawled on a bathroom wall at CSUN. Uh, Some of the students are upset that they didn't know about this earlier. Um, The threat itself wasn't dated until next Wednesday, I think 12-12, so... But we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Keeping our eye on Wall Street as well. Another down day with the Dow down 445, S&P 500 down 44, NASDAQ down 58. We'll dive into uh, what all this means coming up in the 12 o'clock hour. Justin Warsham, host of the Dad Podcast, has joined us and accidentally tripped his way into a sex talk with one of his kids. Yeah. Tell uh, me more. I will get into that, but I just want to validate Shannon and her concerns. Uh, I have a, a friend who is also a big fan of your show and was listening and was picking up uh, her little ones after school. Mm-hmm. And uh, they know my kids and their son asked him, why do Jack and Jacob think peanut butter is so magical when they right. were little? Oh, no. 
<laughs> so I, I think we did it, guys. Good. I think Excellent. we accomplished. Safe. So here's what happened. We were at the at the table, and uh, weirdly enough, I don't know, but if you have kids in the car, you may want to tune this out, depending on how this goes. It may, may be something to listen to on the podcast, uh, <laughs> if you want. But uh, we were having dinner, and somehow we were talking as a family about the conversation about how each of our kids had certain things that were similar to each of us. Mm. And my seven-year-old said, well, why am I anything like dad? And I go, well, he goes, like, what's he got to do with this? He goes, I was in you. And he, we were kind of like, oh, yeah. well, it, there's a little bit of dad and a little bit of mom that goes to, to making you. Mm-hmm. And then they both kind of went, what? And so, they, and so literally verbatim, the words come out of my seven-year-old's mouth. They go, well, where do babies come from? Mm-hmm. And I said, and I kind of looked at my wife. And this is a very weird thing for me. I, I hope it's not as a big deal as uh, for other parents because I talk a lot about giving yourself grace. But I, I want to tell you the story because I do believe I failed miserably at handling this. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you for sharing this. And, I, and I'm a guy who has interviewed thousands of experts. I've talked about this subject multiple times, right? I've, I've literally trained for this. I, I believe I have in my mind. And it is, to me, such a, uh, a, a good representation of what parenting is, is that you can get all the information you want. You can feel as prepared as you can, but you're always doing it live, and, every, and you never know what's coming at you. Sure. So we just sat down thought we were going to have a nice family dinner, and it didn't ruin it. But so I look at my wife, and I say, are you cool with this? And I, she goes, absolutely. And I said, okay. I go, well, do you guys want to know where babies come from? And then my younger one got kind of uncomfortable. And uh, I said... And he goes, and they said, well, we know. And I said, okay, well, what is it that you know? And he got even more embarrassed and said, I don't want to talk about it. And I was like, now what do I do, right? Because I want, I don't want to force it on him. Right. But well, you don't same, want to make him uncomfortable. Correct. I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, I want him to understand that he should not feel uncomfortable. Like the whole idea of this era of parenting is that the one message I got to get across to him is that this is something he should feel comfortable and needs to feel comfortable talking so to me about. So what did you do? I, uh, I, we continue to have a volley back and forth. And then my wife, it being the parental expert that she is, said, I'll give you caramel corn if you tell me what you think it is. <laughs> Very good. I like his, bribery. Right? Simple. <laughs> and he says. And he, he, he immediately swiveled his head, and, and, and you could see a little negotiation table open up. Mm-hmm. And, and he negotiated for a scoop of ice cream and some caramel corn. Very good. And we found out that uh, he, it had been discussed at his – he didn't talk about it at school with his friends like we thought. But he thought it was uh, – he said when uh, – to a, an adult, to adults, when they kiss. And I said, okay. I said, is there anything else? And he said, yes. And he goes, with tongue. Mm. And, uh, and so I go, okay. I go, great. And then, thankfully, my wife said, she goes, when I was your age, that's exactly what I thought it was, too. And he looked at her. He goes, really? And she goes, yeah. And I said, and just so you know, that is not what it is. And so he goes, and I go, and he looked at me like puzzled. He goes, oh. And I said, so if you want to talk about it, I said, we're more than any time you want. The older one was like, well, I want to know now. Like, right. yeah. he, he had questions. I said, well, let's. Let's get your brother situated. He dropped his fork. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, uh, so I said, let's get your brother situated. If anything, you and I could go sit down in the backyard, have a cigar and a bourbon, and I'll break it all down. I'll answer any question you have. And uh, so, but then the brother said, the little one said, well, now I want to know. I want to know the real truth. And so I said, okay. So I said, well, I told him, and I, here's the thing, be ready on this button. I don't know what I can say and what I can't uh, there, Blake, but... 
I said uh, a boy. Can I describe that? Can I say the, the technical terms? You know, I don't know. I, all right, here's what I did. I told him the actual truth. Huh? Yeah, Blake said he'd prefer you didn't. All right, so <laughs> I told him the truth. I told him what was involved. Right. I told him what organs. Yeah. I said this is what it was. And then I told him that when I was his age, I thought it was uh, uh, there was a bum involved is what I thought when I was six years old. A bum. A bum. This Not is worse. Yeah. You don't mean a hobo. Like, no, the back door is what I thought. Poppy. Yeah. So uh, it. it's six. <laughs> Point. I really want to go back to talk about peanut butter, having started down this well, path. Well, listen, this, because I, I mean, I've been there as well right. in terms of these discussions. I know it's an ongoing thing. Yes. When, when, how about next week when you come back? We'll, we'll continue this conversation because I think this is an important – not only is it important for us to talk about over the course of a couple of weeks. I mean, it's you're going to have to do this also. Several times. Because they're going to have questions – the questions when they're seven aren't the questions when they're nine and the Correct. questions when they're 11 and the question, you know what I mean? And it we, it went into a lot of detail that I was not, everybody was okay. That was the thing that I wanted to make so the far. point. Well, no, I really I believe it. Don't ruin this for me, Shannon. I'm, very, I'm hanging out to a ledge here. But no, everybody was cool. And as a parent, I thought that then every time, every moment we're sitting at the dinner table, they're going to have more questions. Yeah. They immediately went back to being the same children they were the day, the minute sure. before this happened. Like it no was not deal. as big a deal as I thought it was. But I, as much as I do think we fumbled and mucked it up a lot, I still think everybody was okay, which is my overall point with parenting. Just just do your best. Everybody's fine, guys. Justin. All right, dude, I was going to say to hear long. more of that. Yeah. Justin yeah. Warsham, uh, the host of The Dad Podcast. You can check it out at dadpod, thedadpodcast.com. Coming up next, we will go live to Hollywood Burbank Airport. Check in with Andrew Molenbeek all about that plane that slid off the end of the runway. Tell everybody what we were talking about. Well, Justin continued his talk with yeah. us during the break, <laughs> and I feel like a man. I think he's trying out his material uh, just to be—he's trying it out on us before he unleashes it on his children, which is uh. probably a good idea. We have been watching the uh, the rain and the weather conditions. Uh, things are, it appears, to be uh, are tapering down, and we will see some rain continue for the next couple of hours, but. It will transition to showers. Hopefully tomorrow things are uh, nice and clear for the Postathon out of Christ Cathedral. There is a flash flood warning that is still in effect for Orange County specifically until about 2.15. They're talking about Anaheim, Santa Ana, Irvine, Huntington Beach, Garden Grove, uh, West Corona, Orange, Fullerton, Costa Mesa, Tustin, uh, because of the amount of rain that had been falling in those areas. And again, it, it's up until... 215, this flash flood warning for Orange County. A flash flood advisory, a general blanket advisory, is still up for L.A. County as well and in some other areas just because of the uh, of the rain. We've been telling you all morning about that southwest flight that slid off the runway at Burbank Airport. Andrew Mullenbeck is there, joins us now with all the details. Andrew, what happened? Hey, good morning, guys. It's really incredible how close this plane ended up to the wall. And right next to the wall is Hollywood Way. So if a plane goes through that wall, it's essentially on the road. And that actually happened in 2000. But today it ended up just short of that in part because of a safety system that has been put in. It's called an EMAS system. That stands for Engineered Materials Arresting System. Basically what it is, it's concrete blocks that are specifically designed to be crushed 
to slow down a plane. Anybody who's flown, or even if you haven't, you see on the runways what I oftentimes call the piano keys, those white bars where planes uh, take off, and you see them when you land as well. This plane went past that, and past that is this EMAS system. And what it did, you can see the plane just sunk down into the ground. The fuselage is almost touching the ground now because uh, it sunk so far down. But it was that system that was able to prevent the plane from going through the wall onto Hollywood Way. The airport says the system worked exactly as it was designed. We had a chance to talk to some of the passengers once they eventually got out. First of all, I want to say that all the passengers and crew made it out safely. Nobody was hurt. Uh, But apparently the pilot in flight, this is coming from Oakland, the pilot in flight had told them to be ready for a very... I don't know, not a harsh landing, but they were going to have to break really hard. Uh, they landed on the, the shore of the two. I don't heard a pilot say I that I wouldn't want to me. hear that now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and people who take this flight often or to anybody who flies into Burbank, you know that the runways are short. There are two runways, and this is the shorter of the two. It's uh, 5,800 feet. So you don't have a lot of room to play with at 5,800 feet. And apparently in flight, the pilot told them that they were going to have to break really hard uh, when they were landing, coming in on the shorter runway in rain. And, well, here's one passenger's description of how it was when they actually touched down. We started landing, and he started braking, and we were like, we are going fast. Because we were going super fast. He was braking. We were going fast. All of a sudden, we started skidding, and then he started braking even more aggressively, and then he, like, braked. And then we looked out the window, and we saw that wall, and we were like, wow. But everybody applauded. As I'm looking at this plane, it... My guess, it, it's certainly less than 100 feet from the wall. It might even be closer than that. So yeah. when you actually see it and you see how... Yeah, how many... How, how, like yeah. how many yards between the nose and like the cars on Hollywood Way, would you yeah, say? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking 25 <laughs> yards. Oh my wow. gosh, that's insane. Um, when did they put the system in? That I haven't been able to find out. I've been trying to do some quick research. I don't know that answer. I, I just know that... Uh, This incident was very similar to what happened in 2000. Of course, that's before they had this system, and that plane ended up uh, basically at a gas station uh, across Hollywood Way. Uh, But this system at the end of the runway seems to have worked exactly as it was designed, and the plane just sunk down into the ground once you go past the piano keys, and and that's where it went uh, right up next to the wall. So at the moment, that runway is still closed because obviously there's a plane sitting at the end of it. The (laughs) other runway is open. Uh, so, uh, But there have been a number of flights canceled. Of course, the passengers who are trying to leave on the very same plane aren't going to be on their flight anytime soon. Yeah, but uh, there are a number of cancellations, but the runway is, uh, again, the visual is, is just pretty remarkable when you see how close it was to the wall. And, you know, there, there aren't even that many airports where you have the wall of the airport and then just feet from that is a road. Uh, but that is the case here with Hollywood Way being right next to that runway uh, that goes east and west. All right. Andrew, thank you. Appreciate it. You got it. Andrew Mullenbeck there live at uh, Burbank Airport with the latest on this. And again, that, that engineered materials arrestor system, arresting system, it, it's basically, if you want to think of it, stacks of crushable concrete blocks, so soft concrete. Yeah. So once the, the, the airplane leaves the runway going too far, it's going to sink down into, I guess, imagine it was mud. I mean, it's obviously an engineered concrete, but it's mud to help slow this thing down. And uh, like he was referring to, that that same thing happened with the Southwest Flight 1455 back in March of 2000. The it ended up the plane ended up basically l- 
looming over a Chevron gas station, which has since been removed because they didn't want it to happen again. Well, you've heard about that threat written on the wall at Northridge at CSUN. Uh, The president has released a statement on what the school plans to do in response to it. We'll tell you about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. keep singing no i'm fine okay a special funeral train carrying the casket of hw has begun its journey to college station where he'll be buried during a private service in that family plot on the grounds of his presidential library very cool shot there's a camera that is stationed on the side of the engine of the locomotive and as it's making its way through these uh, smaller places these towns throughout texas there are people that are lining the intersections, like that one right there yeah. as it goes through. They're, they're, you know, finding access to the railroad line and uh, standing there, some of them standing at attention, some of them waving flags as the uh, the casket rolls by inside that train. Well, the rain has caused some problems around here. A mudslide across PCH and Malibu. Parts of the five have flooded, and as you heard from Andrew Mullenbeck, a plane uh, skid off the runway at Burbank Airport. It seems to be uh, coming and going in a lot of areas, but forecasters say this afternoon we could get thunder uh, thunderstorms. So not out of the woods just yet. And don't look now, uh, but your 401k is taken in the shorts again. Uh, the Dow is down about 430 points right now. Still some question about whether or not we are going to be able to hammer out a trade deal with China, uh, especially since Canada not too long ago arrested an executive for one of the big tech companies in China. So all of that has intensified the worries over trade. Well, what the heck is going on at CSUN? Uh, Last month, we had a guy uh, arrested, charged on suspicion, assaulting two women in separate incidents there, campus parking lot, and then uh, another assault in a hall with classrooms. And then we got word that... There is uh, some some threats that have been written on the walls of the campus there. Yeah, I guess uh, Northridge last night said that they were investigating a threat. Somebody had scrawled onto a bathroom in Sierra Hall. Nick, our official Cal State Northridge, uh, uh, what would you call him? Correspondent. Uh, correspondent. Correspondent. Thank you. That's the word. Uh, Sierra Hall is what? Uh, Sierra Hall is a building with tons of classrooms. It's got about two floors. If you are in the... Uh, the, the Oviet Library is kind of in the main center there of the campus, and you got the quad. And Sierra Hall's over on the west end, southwest end there. And uh, it's just an older room with about two, three floors, just hallways and classrooms. And uh, that's about it. A lot of students got their finals there next week. Um, so they're kind of freaked out right now. So yeah. with the, the threat was for a specific day next week, the 12th of December. Yeah. yeah. It said that what was written on the wall was mass shooting in Sierra Hall, 12-12-18, and then a funky swastika. Um, the university issued a statement saying that CSUN is aware of the hateful and offensive graffiti in Sierra Hall Police are investigating this use of hateful language and symbols and threat against our community. Yeah, the president released a statement saying that there's no indication that the threat of a mass shooting is credible. There's no indication of an imminent threat to campus. Uh, We cannot share specifics in order to protect the integrity of the ongoing investigation. 
but we're taking every uh, step to ensure safety, increasing patrols around campus, uh, talking more with our law enforcement partners. And based on a threat assessment in current circumstances, they say classes remain in session. Finals will continue as planned. But uh, for those who are particularly impacted by this, she recommends that you speak to your instructor or supervisor about any request for academic or work adjustment. I wonder if they'd be able to move the final or something like that. They say CSUN will be evaluating what accommodations may be needed for students as they head into finals. This is so. It's interesting because it brings up the issue of how much uh, a police agency, whether it's a, a school, a town, whatever it is, how much a police agency should be should be telling the its constituents, I suppose, uh, about threats like this. One of the things that I remember soon after the Columbine High School shooting from 99 was that so many schools received threats. None of them panned out. None of them. Whether they were phone threats, written threats, they didn't pan out. And in the context of 20 years later, if you go back and look at the number of times a school shooting or workplace shooting has happened after a threat like this, it's minuscule. I know, but I can understand the terror that it would put in, in students because this is 2018 and you're hearing about a shooting every other week. Uh, why not us? Why not our school? I, I can totally understand that. And furthermore, how do you concentrate on your finals. Yeah. If there's a threat for a specific hall on a specific day and that day is when your finals are, I would have a hard time concentrating on that. Which I think is why the school is – I think what we will see probably is that they're going to move all of the finals out of that – out of the building. Which sucks. Adjusted. I mean we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't negotiate with terrorists. We shouldn't uh, bow down to threats like this. But for those students' sake, yes, I, I think that's the right move is to move those. Did we just did we put swastikas on everything now? I don't understand why the swastika. I don't get it. I mean, I, I we're not dealing with a Mensa member here who's writing messages on a bathroom stall, but still, I, I've just I've never understood the whole swastika thing as a way to threaten people while writing in a bathroom. Coming up next, it is noon, so we'll get you caught up with everything everyone's talking about everywhere on Gary and Shen. Tomorrow is the big day. It is our annual KFI Postathon to benefit Katarina's Club. We will be broadcasting live all day from Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove. Please stop on by. Help us feed 20,000 kids a week in L.A. and Orange Counties. These are the kids that you don't see, probably, in L.A. and Orange Counties. These are the kids that live in motel rooms. They often have to move from motel to motel, keep their belongings in plastic bags when they go to school because they don't know where they're going to be that evening. They don't know where they're going to be staying. Uh, As you can imagine, when you're living at a hotel room, you uh, don't have access to a stove, right? Your, uh, Your dinner's out of a vending machine from time to time. It's a very big struggle for some parents to be able to get together first and last month's rent to get out of that situation. So these are the kids that Chef Bruno feeds each and every week. We will be accepting money, pasta, sauce. Please come by. Hey, one of the other things is we have some auction items up on the website right now at pastathon.com. You can start bidding on them right now. 
And in fact, uh, one of the things that we are auctioning off is a Dodgers game with us uh, at Dodger Stadium in the incredible suite that the company has right along the third baseline. Beautiful way to watch a game. If you prefer, we'll stay in the back. Like we just we don't we won't get in your way if you don't want. But uh, you can bid on that. You can also bid on dinner with uh, with Handel and Chef Bruno. There's a case of wine from State Thirty One Wines. Uh, two night stay at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. And uh, a speaking part in our upcoming Gary and Shannon, A Christmas Carol, which will be in a couple of weeks. Hey, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. The five freeways we told you earlier completely closed in both directions. We've got snow in the grapevine. Pretty cool. I was just checking out one of the traffic cameras uh, up right at I-5 at Fraser Mountain, um, where the roadway itself looks bare because there were cars on it not too long ago, but they have shut it down, and uh, they're going to have a hard time getting through there. We have no idea how long it's going to be closed, but they say I-5 completely closed in the grapevine or through the grapevine as snow has fallen in that area. Closed northbound at Parker, southbound at the base of the grapevine, Unknown duration, they say. Uh, you got to go around either the 14 up to the 58 or the 126 to the 101. You said on your way into work on Lancashire that it was just a, a, a river and that some cars there were parked there overnight and unfortunately probably going to be totaled because of the rising waters. Uh, same thing in the Sepulveda Basin in Encino. Bunch of stranded vehicles at Oxnard and Lasane there near the baseball fields, just south of the Sepulveda Basin Sports Complex. Unfortunately, we've been watching the flood advisories and the flood warnings. The only flood warning right now, the flash flood warning, is in Orange County, and it'll be up for another couple of hours as the rain rolls through there. There were some areas in L.A. County, the burn area specifically in the Hill Fire Burn area in Ventura County, and then the Woolsey Fire Burn area in L.A. and Ventura counties. And they had been under a flash flood warning. That has been lifted, but we're just generally in a flash flood advisory because of the way the rain has been coming down. And if you look at the radar screen the way it is right now, there I mean, basically from the 210 all the way down through Seal Beach, everybody is getting hammered by rain right now before it uh, moves through and starts to taper off. Well, let's take a look at the stock market, shall we? It's not as bad as it was earlier right now. The Dow down 351, NASDAQ down 44, S&P 500 down 34. This is due to the rest of a Chinese tech executive. Um, trade war worries continue. That, te- that truce looks tenuous at best. This uh, is an executive that is the daughter of the founder of one of China's most important companies, And the arrest serves, they say, as a fresh reminder that we do remain in a trade war despite that alleged ceasefire released, uh, excuse me, reached last weekend. It's going to be uh, the second day. If you remember on Tuesday, the Dow was down, what was it, 800 almost? And then we took the day off of trading and uh, yesterday for the National Day of Mourning, so down 400. That'd be 1,200 points in two days. That's not good. The Golden State Killer serial murder case is back in the news. The trial could cost taxpayers more than $20 million. Among the charges that this guy is facing, uh, four counts of, four felony counts of kidnapping during the course of a robbery that was uh, out of Contra Costa County. There's also a. One trending story internationally, but about American military. Two U.S. warplanes crashed off of the coast of Japan early today. 
They have confirmed that one person is dead. Five others are still missing. The Marine Corps said uh, other recovered crew members uh, were in fair condition, at least one of them. There was an F-A-18 that, and an, a KC-130 refueling plane that collided at about 2 in the morning after they took off near uh, from a base near Hiroshima. The seven crew members included two in the Hornet, the F-A-18 Hornet, and five in that KC-130. They were just doing routine training, they said, which includes aerial refueling, but they're not saying exactly what happened in this accident. Again, they have recovered one crew member taken into the hospital um, uh, in fair condition, but they're still looking for five others. Not good. How about some good news? Oh, please. You any good news? Yeah, we'll find something. We'll find something. We'll do good news when we come back. We How's will. All right. That sounds great. Gary and Janet will continue. I am the Got a, Everyone's got a rock bottom. Everyone's got a rock bottom. That was hers. They're all different. Uh, Gary and Shannon, it's Thursday, it's December 6th. We have been watching the uh, storm as it rolls through Southern California. The good news, I suppose, is that uh, we will see the rains diminish later today. And by tomorrow, things should be cleared out for the most part, but it is going to be pretty rough. We already know that the grapevine has closed. I-5 through the grapevine because of snow in the area, and it's closed from Castaic headed northbound, and then at the base of the grapevine, headed southbound. So the entire area up around Fraser Park is uh, is getting a good wallop of snow right now. We're also watching the uh, flash flood warnings that have been posted. There is one still in effect in Orange County uh, until about 2.15. They say flash flooding will begin. Debris fro- flows are possible near the areas of the canyon and the Canyon 2 burn scars. And several different areas that are expected to uh, to see some flooding. We've already seen some of it on Balboa Island, and uh, we are expecting to see more of it. Just just rolling in. I mean, there was a few pictures that we just saw on Channel Nine of tow trucks pulling cars out of the street in North Hollywood. Just the street that has been flooded. I was on Lancashire this morning. Five lanes, two in each direction, in that left turn lane in the center. And the right lanes on either side were just completely covered in water. And those cars that were parked along the streets are going to be severely damaged, if not totaled, just from the runoff from the storm today. Well, we've got a bit of a crime roundup to tell you about a couple guys that law enforcement wants you to know about. The first one comes to us from New Jersey. His name is Brian Bates. He's 47. He's what from- does he do? What does he do yeah. uh, for Brian for, Bates? He's a public masturbator, actually. That's really his past. Um, he's got a history of this. It goes back as far as 1997. He exposed him people, uh, exposed himself to people repeatedly at the Barnes and Noble. Oh, uh, he's that guy. God bless Amazon, huh? He has a history that goes. Okay. Yeah, he's got a history. So anyway, on Friday, he was arrested again. This time, it wasn't at a Barnes & Noble. Hmm. It was at a doctor's office. Um, he was using a, um, how do I say this? A toilet brush mm-hmm. to pleasure himself. How does that work? I mean, it, uh, oh, like, is it a... It's probably one of those ones... No, no. ...that you would... 
Oh. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's according to the according to the police chief. I mean, the statement that the police chief put out said oh, that, said that I he. Didn't see the fine print there, huh? Yeah, it's like not so organic broccoli. Just... Yes, Blake. Like not so organic broccoli. Oh my god! Wow. Now, Mister Bates masturbates, and that's a problem. In 1998, like you said at that Barnes and Noble, he was sentenced to prison. Or I'm sorry, sentenced to probation. Fourth degree lewdness observed by a child. Does anybody else? Is anyone else bothered by that? That uh, a guy that is um, touching himself in front of children at a Barnes and Noble gets probation, especially when it's the third time he's done this at a Barnes and Noble. He was caught twice in 1997, and then the third time in 1998, and he gets probation. So then he's free in 2018 to to go to a doctor's office and put the business end of a toilet brush there. In his business end? Is that what you were going to say? The other crime story we needed to tell you about was kind of handle-related. Yeah, let's close it. Like, if this person wasn't described as a drunk man, I would think it would be handle absolutely. Because he's not a drinker. Right. This is a man in New York who's attacked uh, attacked a deli worker over a bagel. There's video, and you can see the man demanding a a cinnamon-toasted raisin bagel with bacon, egg, and cheese right effing now. Why would you do that? I don't know why Why you would mess around with cinnamon raisin bagel. There's this whole theory about people that are into cinnamon-toasted raisin bagels. It's the sweet and salty. With eggs and bacon and cheese? Mm -hmm. Sweet and savory, yeah, the combo. Um, But doesn't this sound like something Handel would do? I mean, I've seen Handel lose his mind over a bagel. I could probably use two ha- two hands to count the number of times. It's got to be a, a particular type of bagel in a certain way. It's got to be sliced the, the correct way. You've got to have the proper knives to slice the bagel. It's There's- a whole deal. And then don't even get into the schmears. New York police are actually looking for this guy because he lost his mind to the point... Not only is he screaming across the counter at Sanjay Patel, the guy behind the counter who's making the food, he starts throwing stuff from uh, across the uh, from across the counter. He starts throwing stuff at the guy. Haven't we all been this man? No, no, we have not all been this man. You know when you're so hungry no. and you have like a specific craving. I don't go to a deli and beg for food to be made faster. At 4.30 in the morning on a Sunday, the deli worker said the customer threw a tablet computer, a metal stand, a shopping basket, and a bag of bread at him before he threatened to come back and shoot him. You know, I would expect this from a hungry woman more than I would a hungry man. Because we do tend to take it to the next level. Okay, well, I thank you for saying that because I would never have been able to say that. But look, have you watched the video? Did yeah. You scroll down. Doesn't that look like Handel? I mean, forget the whole like Middle Eastern part, long hair, beanie deal. But like, doesn't haven't you seen Handel get that animated over a bagel before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if he's. I, I don't know if he's throwing throw. anything, yeah. but the pointing of the finger and the the irateness. The the throwing things is probably the biggest difference, and the headwear. 
Uh, I've never seen Handel wear a beanie like that. But So, anyway, keep an eye out for those guys. Speaking of uh, Bill Handel, come see him tomorrow. We're going to be out at the Pastathon at Crystal... Uh, sorry, Christ, Christ Cathedral. Cathedral. Yep. Excuse me. Hey, and uh, we did something today. We went up and uh, saw Ellen Kay from Coast. <clears throat> excuse me, Coast One Hundred Three Point Five. Oh, we yeah. saw her. We're gonna we're gonna join her again tomorrow and talk more about the uh, uh, about Pastathon, so that people who listen to Coast can. She has a beautiful studio up there. It you smells you like walk in and it cookies. smells like sugar plum fairyland. It is amazing. Is it, the, did you did you feel the warmth of the lighting? Yeah. And just the, the scent of just such loveliness. I guess when you're a really nice person, maybe you just you emanate. Yeah. Something like that. But anyway, I felt just. I felt like I was uh, in a warm, like, weighted blanket when right. I walked in there. And everyone's so nice. And I just felt a little bit uncomfortable, to be honest. <laughs> like you, you shouldn't be there. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly right. Uh, tomorrow, of course, Christ Cathedral will be broadcasting live from 5 in the morning. Jonesy and Wake Up Call is going to kick it all off at 5 in the morning. Handle comes on at 6. We'll be there at 10. John and Ken at 2 and then Conway at 6 all the way through 10 o'clock tomorrow night. And, of course, accepting donations of pasta and sauce. Bring your car load. Bring it, bring it by the truckload. We have seen in the past people bring it by the bus load, the dump truck load. And we will have the ability to carry it all away because we've got a couple of big rigs that are going to be parked there, accepting money donations as well. So bring your checkbook, credit card, cash, whatever it is. We will gladly accept it. 100% of these donations go to Katarina's Club. It's a great cause feeding these kids, but it's also a great time. Uh, John Cobalt usually puts on some sort of robe. Uh, Gary will let you uh, grope him for a price. We'll arrange that tomorrow. You, you've gotten into a push-up contest before with somebody, I believe, for a price. We also have uh, some things, and I've got to remember to take these. We have to take some things tomorrow from our office that we will be auctioning off during the show. Not junk, not like an empty bourbon bottle or something like that. but Which we do have. But actual stuff uh, that you may or may not want to uh, wear, perhaps. We'll have a couple of things that we can auction off during the show and if you go to pastathon.com, if for some reason you can't make it out there tomorrow, you can still give at pastathon.com. You can also find drop-off locations for your pasta and sauce, dozens of locations around Southern California. They're close to your house, I promise. And the auction items that are on there as well, cool auction things that each of the shows are auctioning off. Uh, we are auctioning off a game, a Dodgers game with us next season in the luxury suite and also a speaking role in our upcoming Gary and Shannon production of A Christmas Carol. All right, coming back, it is back to business on Capitol Hill today. Lawmakers expected to pass a resolution to hopefully move away from a government shutdown. We'll find out exactly what's going on on Capitol Hill when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon, on this uh, Thursday, it's December 6th, once again. 
Congratulations to my wife for being married to me for this long. No, 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 no. Today's our anniversary. No, no, you don't say congratulations to my well, wife. She stuck it out this long. I feel married. like I should I should honor her. You in should some say way. prayers for her for sticking it out this long. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. <clears throat> Congratulations my, to you for my, being married to her for this long. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. You're probably right. Thank you. Better that way. Rain, obviously, is the big issue today. Voluntary evacuation orders now up in uh, Lake Elsinore. We've seen this rain come through, and in some areas right now, it is coming down pretty heavy. Uh, we just saw a, a helicopter shot of a big rig that slid down an embankment up near where the 5 and the 14 uh, come together in the New Hall Pass. At least one vehicle got stuck in a mudslide that shut down PCH. Uh, Grapevine is closed. Uh, I bo- I-5 both directions closed right now. And then I-5, it looks like southbound I-5 right at the 170 is closed because of some uh, some flooding in that area. So this is going to be a difficult time the next few hours. This Hopefully things start to taper off and we will see the train uh, change from rain into showers as we see this transition over the next couple of hours, the only real significant flash flood warning that's in effect right now is in Orange County. They're saying specifically the areas of the canyon and the Canyon 2 fires, those burn scars. That's where they're expecting to see the potential for some debris flows. But uh, at this point, we haven't heard anything. 1230, usually we dive into all things Washington. We call it Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Well, it looks like the president's border wall turned up in conversation today on Capitol Hill. Yeah, we've been trying to get through some sort of a continuing resolution to keep the government open at least for the next few weeks. Lana Zak is joining us from Capitol Hill. Lana, have they come to an agreement? They've come to an agreement, Gary and Shannon. We have a deal, a continuing resolution passed unanimously by both chambers. Uh, that's going to essentially hit the snooze button on this government shutdown for another two weeks. It doesn't resolve the underlying issues. Like you mentioned, President Trump's request for $5 billion to pay for that border wall, which Nancy Pelosi today called immoral, ineffective, expensive, and uh, th- these are her quotes. He also promised Mexico would pay for it. So it doesn't sound like she's willing to back down just yet. So this is just a two-week extension, yes? Yes, so it puts us right before the Christmas holidays, that next uh, threat of a government shutdown. Of course, Democrats uh, would like to see these questions all resolved in January when they have control of the House of Representatives. And Republicans would like to get everything passed in the the final days of their their lame duck session. So even on the timing, uh, there's a contentious debate. Are we just going to do this forever? I mean, are we going to do two-week continuing resolutions? I got to tell you guys, it makes it really tough for me to plan my life. So, obviously, <laughs> I hope not. Uh, but I think for all Americans, they want to see the government work. They want to see uh, Republicans and Democrats uh, figure out um, how to compromise on certain issues and um, give one side a bit of what they want and the other side gets a little bit of what they want. And then Americans can do their business and know that, that folks in Washington are handling things. But uh, that's not uh, that's not the current state of political affairs, I'm afraid. Are they super far apart when it comes to the border wall? Is there any give on either side? Is there any agreement whatsoever on this issue? 
You know what's interesting, Cannon? Today they are further apart than they were uh, the last time when we were looking at a government shutdown. Uh, this time, um, especially after hearing Nancy Pelosi here at the Capitol today, uh, they are Democrats are feeling buoyed by their their massive wins in the House. They feel like uh, last time when they were willing to compromise with the president over DACA and, and some funding of the border wall, it was because they were in the back seat. They had essentially no leverage. Now they feel like they have leverage, so they are unwilling to even probably take the offer um, that they had negotiated before that, remember, the president had uh, had poo-pooed at, at that point. So now with more power, it looks like they're farther apart. Do you feel more comfortable saying poo-pooed on our show than anybody else's? <laughs> I'm know, not criticizing. Love, I'm just asking. Yeah. You know, I I, uh, I enjoy you guys. I think you have a smart audience, and I think that poo-pooed was the right <laughs> word for that. Absolutely. Uh, do we see any sort of meeting planned between Democratic lawmakers and the president? Yeah, they were supposed to meet. They have postponed that a little bit. Um, but uh, but it's still supposed to happen. I think it's now going to happen on Tuesday. Uh, there is a possibility that President Trump um, will work with the Democrats. He has said before that he um, that he has more in common, perhaps, with Chuck Schumer uh, than he ever had with Mitch McConnell. We saw when he got together uh, with Schumer and Pelosi in the past that he comes out of those meetings um, with some sort of bipartisan consensus, arguing on the behalf of Republicans. The problem is that when he presents that, Republicans uh, get upset about the concessions that he's made, and then the whole system is blown up again. So. Um, the president, on the day after uh, the election, remember, he congratulated Nancy Pelosi, and he said he would be even willing to help throw some Republican support her way uh, in her quest for the speakership. Could that potentially uh, transfer to him feeling like he has control over what comes out of Congress, not necessarily tied to Republicans versus Democrats? It's, it's a possibility, but, you know, he's also looking at a 2020 reelection campaign. So whatever, uh, whatever his strategy is, we'll be watching to see how it unfolds here in Washington. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that because he seems pretty adamant about funding for the wall. And Democrats, like you mentioned, seem to be digging their heels in. So how long do we punt this thing down the road? I'm fascinated to see how how that works. But I and also, it could last forever. Yeah, like, exactly. Could, it could be every two weeks we're told that there's another continuing resolution. Though once there is actually a, a Democratic um, House of Representatives, a democratically controlled House of Representatives, um, then there, then there's less of an incentive for the Democrats to continue to try and um, to just punt it. So it, it's possible that there might be actual concessions made with uh, with Republicans having the House or having the Senate and Democrats having the House. Is it still tied in, in any way to the whole Dreamer talk? Pelosi was asked about that today, too. Um, you're right to ask that question. She doesn't want them tied anymore. That had been part of it. Uh, today she says that they are separate issues and she wants them considered separately. Huh. All right. Lana, thank you. Appreciate it. Great to talk to you. Even if you do have a potty mouth. Whoa. I'm just kidding. It's funny. Why do you say that? I'm just kidding. The, people aren't going to come on this show if you say <laughs> things like that. Oh, really? Really? Well, maybe we don't want her on the show if she says poo-poo like How much that. do you think I offended Oliver Luck yesterday? Probably a lot. Yeah, like on a scale of 1 to 10, maybe a solid 8, 8.5. He's never coming back, no. if that's what you're asking. Absolutely not. We'll continue with Swamp Watch. when I compared the NFL to heroin. <laughs>
We'll continue with Swamp Watch in just a moment. A quick reminder, we're going to be live at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove tomorrow for uh, our annual KFI Postathon to benefit Katarina's Club. All the information, of course, go to postathon.com, and we'd love to see you out there. Are you uh, paying attention to what's going on in North Carolina? Uh, I was it's, seeing a little bit of Are you talking about the uh, the 9th District election? Right. It's the 9th Congressional District, and there's, uh, there's allegations of fraud that went on that may have impacted the outcome of the race. And it looks like if the... State legislature there decides to throw out the election. They start all over, and they've got to go through, like, a primary, and anybody can run again. It's like a total do-over. Like, the midterms never happened. Well, and I guess there were issues with absentee ballots where um, people were going around door-to-door and collecting absentee ballots and then turning it into somebody, not mailing them in. Right. So were those altered or some of them were counted and some of them weren't and all of that stuff. Uh, keeping an eye on the rain as well. We're obviously seeing uh, flash flood warning. There's one specifically in Orange County for the Canyon and Canyon 2 fire burn areas for another hour, hour and a half or so as the rain moves through. We've seen plenty of areas where there are mudslides, there's debris on the road. And just, I mean, just driving through North Hollywood today, there is so much water on the roads that we're going to see a lot of cars that are, I think, totaled as a result of just sitting on the side of the road. The amount of uh, water that was in the gutters rolling through there. So just be extra careful when you're out there and uh, pack your patience. Turn around. Don't drown. Uh, Elizabeth Warren's advisors are now suggesting that she apologize. They're suggesting she issue a forceful apology uh, apology for releasing the results of that DNA test that revealed a tiny little sliver of Native American Indian blood in her family tree. If you remember when that came out, the low end of the scale, uh, uh, it was a between, between 0.09% and 1.5%. So the low end of that, of that scale is one one thousand twenty fourth Native American ancestor. Why don't they just let this go? The, I don't know. That's the thing. The, why call attention to it? I had forgotten about this, even though we covered it. Right. I had completely forgotten about the test that she would release it. That it basically showed she was not American Indian. Uh, why rehash it and bring it back to the forefront? Because they have no idea how to campaign against Donald Trump. Well, that's, that's you the know number. why? Because no they're not going to be successful. Well, she is not a candidate that is going to beat Trump. There's no way. If people didn't buy into Hillary, I mean, set aside all of the classified emails and the Bill Clinton years and all of that. And I think most of America didn't want Hillary because of who she is. She's yeah. this... Um, Strong, forceful woman that reminds you of your mother yelling at you. And that is my mother in law yelling. Your mother in law yelling at you. I love my mother in law. I just want to say. And Elizabeth Warren is that in spades. I I am so curious to see how. I mean, I was curious to see how once we realized that Donald Trump was going to get the nomination, 
how it was Democrats were going to campaign against him, especially considering the woman at the top of their ticket was so unlikable to so many people. How do you how do you campaign against this guy? And looking at the the treasure trove of people who have at least said they would contemplate running for president, whether it's Eric Garcetti or Cory Booker or Elizabeth Warren or um, Kamala Harris, whoever it is, how in the world do they campaign against this guy? Do they go more Trump than Trump? Like, do they try to be wild, crazy and, you know, you never know what to expect? Or do they go so square and normal and boring and just out there shaking babies and kissing hands that uh, that they just, you know, they just kind of show how normal politics can be. I just don't know if it's I'm, I can't wait to see how this plays out. Well, Politico did a deep dive about the president not uh, filling a lot of roles like uh, United Nations ambassador. He's got no deputy national security advisor. Attorney General and the EPA administrator are in acting capacities right now. Um, it looks like an administration they report in a holding pattern that Trump has offered almost nothing in the way of a legislative vision for the next year beyond approval of a new trade deal and vague references to infrastructure. Obviously, he's talked about the wall. That's kind of about it. Which is funny because there have been a lot of talk, being that that's one of his clear priorities is border security. There's been so much talk about Kirsten Nielsen being out as Homeland Security Secretary. That, it, that she has not been as adamant about it as he has, or she hasn't been adamant enough, according to him. That would be interesting. I wonder how he, how the, you're going to go into this, because all you're going to see is a uh, Congress that's less likely to uh, sign off on some of these people. I mean, the House doesn't have to, and they're democratically, or they will be democratically controlled. But on some of these appointments where the Senate does have to, to, um, uh, to uh, provide confirmation, I wonder if it's going to be harder to come by. Well, the future at one point looked so bright for Michael Avenatti, didn't it? The attorney that Did once it? rode the porn star wave into the political discussion for 2020. Oh, God, that's disgusting. And then was picked up on domestic violence allegations in Los Angeles. Well, now he's been ordered by a judge here in California to surrender to his ex-wife a Ferrari, monthly payments of more than 160 grand. And his law firm's stake in a private jet. How much does that guy make? A lot. If he's paying, <laughs> here's if he's your pay, answer. He's paying thirty-eight grand per month in child support. Who needs that much? Money? And on top of that, a hundred and twenty-five thousand per month in spousal support. Now I understand why you would marry him. Per month. That's insane. 125 per now month. Now you know why his ex-wives uh, flocked to Twitter yeah. to defend his honor. <laughs> right. He's a great guy. Keep those checks coming, baby. Do nothing to him. All right. When we come back, uh, we're going to be talking the latest on what's been happening with the train that is carrying George H.W. Bush's body back to College Station, Texas. The latest on the funeral and this long ceremony today as well. Gary and Shannon will continue. <laughs>
talking about? No, I've thought about this. I think you should. Well, I'm not going to say it. We have a very nice dinner for our anniversary coming up this weekend. We have plans to. I'm just saying, I think you should get her a gift. We're spe- we're sp- we're spending time with our kids. It doesn't today. have to be like extravagant, oh but something God. thoughtful. What Even is it? Twenty years? Twenty one. Wow. Their their marriage is old enough to drink. Yeah, get her something shiny. Oh, maybe that's what I do. A bottle of liquor. A drink. Just drink. No. Oh. <sighs> Watching the rain, of course. Uh, obviously, this is going to be. A- Significant storm. It's going to cause some damage. We've already seen the grapevine closed. Uh, I-5 through the grapevine as a result of snow way up high up in the Gorman area, uh, Lebec, um, Fraser Park, that sort of area that has been closed down both directions. Can't get through there right now. Uh, also, we've seen a big rig that slid down an embankment right where the 5 and the 14 meet. That should be fun driving home. And then uh, some uh, scattered mudslides through different canyon roads, through uh, Topanga, through Tahunga, I think, also saw a mudslide or at least some debris come onto the roadway. So any of those areas that saw burns recently within the last couple of years, those areas are all under a uh, at least a heightened caution, shall we say, as the rain continues to come down. Watching Wall Street today has been like watching that uh, Chargers-Steelers game on Sunday night. Quite the dramatic late-day reversal. Dow just down now 79. When we started the show, it was down, what, 500, 543, something yeah. like that. Down just 70, uh, 79. NASDAQ in positive territory, up 29. S&P 500 down Four. Um, there was a threat as well. We haven't heard anything new about it in the last hour or so, but there was a threat that was written on a bathroom stall at Cal State Northridge. It was discovered yesterday, made its way around campus on social media. Police knew about it or at least know about it now and have been investigating, but said that there may have been similar things written in those same bathrooms a week ago. Uh, the question is, why is it that students and staff were not necessarily told about it up front? Part of it may be that the Cal State Northridge Police Department didn't put any sort of gravitas. They didn't believe bathroom threats should be considered actual threats. But in all honesty, I think that's up to the students. So anyway, this said that there would be a shooting at Sierra Hall 12-12-18, which would be the first day of finals. And uh, there is going to be some discussion about what they do with the finals that are scheduled for Sierra Hall next Wednesday. The... Celebration of life continues for George H.W. Bush. Covering it for us is Jim Ryan. What is the latest? Not yet. He's not oh, yet. thank! I got it the first time. Thanks, Blake. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've <laughs> seen this, this train that's rolling through. Uh, a lot of the cable networks have been saying that, in fact, um, this train carrying the president's body on its way to College Station. It appears to be slowing down. Our iPhone's just slowing down because it's going through a, a town. Uh, but there have been hundreds, if not thousands, of people that have lined these railroad tracks watching the train goes by. It's about six or eight cars, maybe. I love that it's painted to resemble Air Force One. Yeah. The locomotive itself has the number 4141 on it. It says United States of America, just like the big 747. He used to talk about how he would have much preferred to r- ride a train during his presidency than uh, than Air Force One. He <laughs> talked about it during the uh, unveiling of 4141 back in 2005, saying, I'm, I may have left Air Force One behind if this was around back then. Is this something you would have done? Do you think you would have gone out and if there's a railroad line near you that you saw something like this go by that you would take time to watch the train roll by? 
If it was a former president, if yeah. it was, absolutely. Because I, th- I thought about that. I mean, I was reading some of these quotes from some of these people who have done this. There's a guy in the town of Pinehurst, uh, and this guy, Andy, took his daughter Addison out of school so that she and her three-year-old sister could witness this moment firsthand. And, you know, three and six years old, zero idea of what it means or who it is or who that guy was or anything. But 50 years from now could say, perhaps, I saw the train that was carrying the body of the former president as it rolled through Texas. Yeah, he said, hopefully my children will remember the significance of the meaning of today as they waved their their little American flags. This was an interesting uh, ceremony that we saw earlier today just outside of Houston in the town of Spring, Texas. The sixth car in this train is a converted baggage hauler called Council Bluffs, and it was fitted with transparent sides. There's giant windows, basically, that were cut into the side of this this train car that otherwise is painted with a big, flowing American flag. And as they lifted the casket, the same military honor guard and pallbearers that we've seen through the course of the transportation of the president's body— lifted this thing out of the hearse and took it into the train car and then positioned it in a spot there in this Council Bluffs converted baggage car. And then in just a very synchronized move, two men on the inside of the train car pulled back black curtains to reveal the windows on either side of the car, and you could see the casket there in the middle. So that's what people get to see as as the train is rolling through. Once the train arrives in College Station, he's going to be laid to rest at a private ceremony next to his wife, of course, Barbara, who died just in April, and his daughter, Robin. Um, who died at three of leukemia in 1953. Uh, There are family members aboard the train, former President George W., uh, also there. This is the eighth funeral train in our history, and the first since Dwight D. Eisenhower's body traveled from the National Cathedral in Washington through seven states to his uh, hometown in Kansas 49 years ago. Abraham Lincoln's funeral train, the first. That was in 1865, of course. And you know who else? Never a president, but obviously running for president, was RFK when uh, when Robert Kennedy was running for the White House and he was assassinated here in L.A. They flew him to New York City for a funeral mass and then uh, taken by private train to D.C. for the burial at Arlington National Cemetery. And that was a about a 200-mile journey. So... All right, coming up next, how to stop the soap opera effect on your TV. We're going to talk to Mark Saltzman for Tech Talk when we return. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon. Well, uh, like Shannon said, it looks like uh, Wall Street has uh, had a nice little uh, reversal in the last several minutes of uh, trading. Things closed up. The Dow was down only 79 points. It had been down more than 400. A lot of questions about our ongoing trade negotiations with China, especially after Canada, on our behalf, arrested an executive at one of the tech companies that we've been dealing with uh, in China. So... Some questions around that, but uh, people seem to be calmed down just a little bit. House and Senate approved a stopgap bill today to keep the government funded for another two weeks. It now goes on to the president, Nancy Pelosi, today rejecting the idea of paying for the border wall in exchange for a deal to help the Dreamers, saying that the two should not be linked. Just got an update as well from the National Weather Service. 
that has issued a flash flood warning for Riverside County and for East Central Orange County. They're talking about rainfall rates as much as uh, half an inch per hour, maybe three quarters of an inch per hour expected, and it could last for a couple of hours. So they're talking about specific areas in uh, Tribuco Canyon, the Coldwater Indian, McVicker, Rice, and Horse Thief Canyons, which drain into Lake Elsinore and the Temescal Valley. So they're saying watch out in those areas, especially if there have been any fires recently within the last couple of years, because those uh, soils could be loose. We could see some debris flows as a result of that. Well, I have proof here that Tom Cruise reads Mark Saltzman's USA Today columns, and that is where we kick off Tech Talk. The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk, brought to you by Skynet. Well, Mark, it's got to feel good to know that uh, Tom Cruise is paying attention to all your stuff when it comes to the soap opera effect. Besides our height, it looks like we have something else in common. Aww. This is great. Uh, listen, yeah. we didn't. We weren't going to make short jokes. That's that's all right. It's okay. all right. I'm a towering five five and a half. It is what it is. And but a yeah, half. so <laughs> so he just had this PSA with the director of Mission Impossible Fallout about turning off the the uh, soap opera effect on your TV. Don't watch his new flick on on Blu-ray uh, if you are gonna. Or if you're going to keep that that feature, uh, quote unquote, on your new TV. So back in 2014, I wrote this article for USA Today on what the soap opera effect is. You know what this is, right? I think it's, if I were to generalize it, it's the basic look that things are faker uh, when you when you or have it, super it's high softer, definition. softer, like Diane Sawyer is shot through the Rockies, <laughs> like that, like yeah, a softer focus? It's, it's sort of softer focus, yeah, like the, the Vaseline on the lens. Right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like uh, you're watching Fallout, which is a, a Mission Impossible flick in 2018, but it looks like it was shot uh, with the same camera used for Y&R in 1991. So, yeah, it's this weird camcorder-like effect that I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are nodding their head right now, and it's on a new TV, and you're like, I don't get it. There's something, there's, some, there's a disconnect here. It's, it doesn't look good. So what this really is technically is what's called motion interpolation, and this is when TVs, generally speaking, less expensive TVs, but even uh, pricier ones are adding this, and by default, no less, which is frustrating, to smooth out motion. So what they're trying to do is make up for some, these. The, you know, when you're watching a fast time, Action flick, or you're, you're watching the LA Kings on the ice, or, or you're playing a video game, and it, it you want to be able to keep up with that fast motion. So it's a trick to it, it's at unfortunately at the expense of the overall picture quality. It's a trick that these TV makers are adding to smooth out fast motion. But it looks weird. It looks like it was shot with a camcorder, and you're on the set of this movie, or it's a soap opera. So a lot of people don't know what it is. They can't put their finger on it. So Tom Cruise and the director, pardon me, I forgot his name. He's the director of Fallout. He, they released a video yesterday where Tom, Tom Cruise is, you know, he's, he's asking his fans to turn this off. If you're going to watch my movie, don't watch it with the soap opera effect. But, uh, yeah, it's not new news, but a lot of people don't know how to turn it off. So... <laughs> All you got to do is go to the options of your TV and look for something that says something like motion smoothing or the word interpolation. You know, it just kind of rolls off your tongue. I, uh, you true s- motion, anything like that. It's one or two, right? I have The one I have on my television is actually three different settings, like low, middle, and high. 
Oh, is that right? Yeah. It depends on the TV maker. Yeah. So if you're listening and you really want to figure this out, just Google uh, soap opera effect and then the name of your TV manufacturer. It doesn't have to be the model number, but type in Samsung or LG or Sony or Vizio, and it'll tell you exactly where to go on your TV to get rid of it. And then see if you like it. I mean, see if you like if it turned off. I think you're going to breathe a sigh of relief and going, okay, I'm not going crazy. I get this. Um, and then you'll keep it off. But And, and I think manufacturers now are, are starting to realize people don't want this and the TVs are getting faster. So it doesn't really need it anymore. Uh, but yeah, that's you should turn it off because it really will make a world of difference when you're watching something on it. Amazon and Google working on their own AirPods rivals. This is the rumor out of uh, China. There's an analyst uh, that uh, and, and, and s- some American sites as well that are buzzing about um, these these heavy hitters, Amazon and Google going after Apple with their hot, hot AirPods. So, you know, these are like one of the, you walk around LA, everybody's got these little white sticks. They look like uh, Q-tips sticking out of their ears, but they're 159 bucks. And if you lose one, well, you're, you're SOL, you gotta, you gotta cough up some more cash, but they're super trendy. These are these wireless Bluetooth earbuds. You know that they don't have the headphone jack anymore in the iPhone. So rumor has it from a couple of uh, these like sites in China where iPhones are made mostly and and some of the research is being leaked out of uh, is is that both Google and Amazon are cooking up some stuff for 2019 that will basically copy the concept but add their own flavor. So with Amazon, you bet it's going to have built-in Alexa. So not only are there going to be wireless earbuds that hopefully will also work with Android because even though the AirPods do, they don't work as well. They're really meant to be part of the Apple ecosystem, which is how they do things. And then similarly, Google already has something called Pixel Buds, but nowhere near as good as AirPods. So they're going to give another kick at the can, apparently, based on some... um, based on some patents and some uh, behind-the-scenes uh, buzz about uh, about Google and Amazon. Yeah, expect well, some more competition in this space. I hate being a slave to the Apple uh, earbuds, the ones that, you know, come in the box anyway and have been with every phone, but they're really great quality. I mean, in terms of <laughs> yeah, I, they are. I like to wear them if I'm running or something like that or exercising, and they're great quality. The sound quality is great, and any time I've tried new things, I've been very uh, sorely disappointed. Are you talking about the wireless ones that stay in your ear? No, when you work I'm out, or just in general. I've, I haven't tried yeah. the I haven't tried the AirPods yet, but just the regular earbuds right. that come with everything else have been great. Yeah, they're good for what they are. Uh, I never if you're a, if you're a music fan, if you're a music enthusiast, I always say like just keep the earbuds in your glove compartment should you need it uh, as a, as like in a pinch. But you should invest if you can in in a little bit pricier uh, headphones if you do love music and you do use your smartphone a lot because the quality of the Spotify streaming and all that isn't so great. So at the very least, you should have good sounding wireless headphones. AirPods, not everybody likes the way they look. It's very polarizing, but they do sound good and they do magically pair with the iPhone. Uh, they have decent battery life. And, you know, if you lose one, you could try to track it on the phone if it's in, in close proximity. <laughs> but there is lots of room for competition. And you bet with $159, uh, there's a good margin on that that Apple is enjoying. So looks like Google and Amazon want in on it. So the analysts are saying. Uh, you end up tracking your lost earpod, AirPod to the uh, lint trap in the dryer, probably. Oh, there uh, you go. By the way, Christopher McQuarrie is the director of, uh, of that mission. Thank Impossible. you. You bet. Speaking of Google, I know you looked that up. When <laughs> no, we it, it didn't a, just come to you. I come had a on. different article in front of me, so I, I checked it out while we were talking. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Mark, thank you. We appreciate it. Pleasure. You too. Bye, Shannon. Mark Bye, Mark. there. You can follow Mark, of course, M-A-R-C, Mark with a C. 
Mark Saltzman uh, on Twitter. Wild day on Wall Street this morning. We will go live to New York to find out what it all means after that break yesterday and what how it's connected to the uh, arrest of a Chinese telecom executive. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. You know it's fine, I go, maybe the Gary and Shannon. On this Thursday, it is December 6th. Still a lot of rain falling throughout Southern California. It will be for the next hour or two. In fact, the National Weather Service does have a flash flood warning in Riverside County and East Central Orange County until about 4 o'clock today. Because of some heavy rain moving into the area, they're looking at the Holy Fire burn scar. So flash flooding, debris flows are possible. Uh, and they're talking about Tribuca Canyon, Coldwater, Indian, McVicker, Rice, and Horse Thief Canyons as well. And in some of those areas, they're talking about the possibility of, they haven't recorded it yet, but the possibility of three-quarters of an inch of rain per hour. And we could see this rain in that area last up to uh, two hours. Well, it looks like stocks were able to claw back much of the ground they lost earlier today, triggered by the arrest of a senior Chinese tech executive. We are getting an update now from Daria Albinger. Daria, excuse me. How are how did this all Actually, you got it right the first I time. I did. <laughs> all right. Shannon's been reading for several years now. Uh, what's uh, what is going on? Well, I mean, this trade war, this this back and forth between the U.S. and China, if there's, you know, framework to start discussion on an agreement, if there's not framework to start discussion on an agreement, just got a little bit more murky with the arrest of Meng Wanzhou, uh, who's also known by several other names throughout the business world, uh, earlier today in China, which sent the markets into a tailspin. The Dow was down almost 800 points at one time. In fact, before I started my commute into the city today, it was down more than 600 points. But then by the time I got in, it was only down about 80 points. So it, it did turn on a dime literally in the last hour of trading. Um, that's due to something that the, the Fed chair said. But we'll go back, if you will, to uh, why they went down in the first place. Could you imagine if Steve Jobs had a daughter who was the CFO of Apple and she was arrested in China, what that would do to stocks here, what that would do to stocks in Asia? That's yeah. kind of what happened today. That was that was yeah. the interesting part about it. Now, she was arrested in Canada, but at our behest, wasn't it? Yes, she was arrested in Canada, but um, at, at U.S. officials' request. And that sent the markets just like into a tailspin. Within moments, the Dow was down in triple digits. And the next thing we knew, we're looking at 785 points in the can before the, the market staged that huge comeback in the last hour of trading. Well, uh, I know yesterday was a day of more national day of mourning for the president and the funeral. But is there any way to maybe uh, sort of, I don't know, extrapolate what might have happened yesterday, considering Tuesday's 800 point loss? Right. Tuesday was down 800 points. The day before that was up in triple digits. And, you know, all of this hinges on the uncertainty that, that investors really do not like. And, you know, the ironic thing here is when we think of the markets, we think of numbers. And when we think of numbers, we think of numbers being very rational, things that do not, you know, do not move according to 
people's emotions. But lately what we've seen is that the markets are moving basically on the pure emotions and anxieties of these traders who are worried about what a trade deal is going to do for the markets if we do not get one and if these tariffs continue. And until that's straightened out, we're probably going to see a lot more of this. I read that the main ingredient would be that Chinese, the, the Chinese are more willing to buy more of our goods, which would be right. a victory for the president. Absolutely. But then again, you've got China saying, well, we want to see you buying more of our goods. And because they're so evenly weighted on both sides, that's why they're basically waiting for somebody to blink. It's almost like playing chicken, if you will, you know? Yeah, with, you know, trillions with, of dollars. With our money, right? <laughs> <laughs> with our retirement uh, money. Daria, thank you so much. Appreciate thank it. You. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Now, this is going to be... Uh, We've said this before. I mean, just in terms of seeing the president and his response to the G20 summit, how he was extolling the virtues of what was a a trade agreement that had been hammered out. And then China said, well, not like hammered out, hammered out, just sort of toyed with the idea of it. And now we're uh, still waiting to see how things are going to pan out. And the idea that we could drop 800 points on one day and then almost uh you know 600 points or 400 points earlier today etc could have been pretty amazing uh, pretty amazing tomorrow tomorrow we are going to be live at christ cathedral and garden grove once again for our kfi pastathon to benefit katarina's club huge day you always turn out and show up huge and we're asking that again this year from you donations of money donations of pasta donation of sauce this is all about feeding 20,000 kids in la and orange counties each Week. These are kids that live in motel rooms because mom and dad uh, don't have the means to get together first and last month's rent. And so they are paying by the night to live in these motels. And you know what these motels don't have? They don't have stoves. They don't have ovens. Uh, a lot of time dinner is out of the vending machine. So Chef Bruno tries to make these nutritious meals for these kids uh, every week. This is the way that you can help out. When you come out tomorrow to Christ Cathedral, bring with you donations of pasta as much as you can carry sauce the same thing or money donations or a combination of all three cash check credit card whatever it is 100 percent of those donations the pasta and the sauce and the money all of it goes to katarina's club you can find out information at pastathon.com check it out on the website pastathon.com because not only are there directions for tomorrow there are 45 alternate drop-off locations around Southern California, so there's one close to you if you can't make it out to Christ Cathedral tomorrow. Drop it off there, your donation, or at a Smart and Final store. Any Smart and Final store in California, Arizona, or Nevada, you can ask about the $10 donation for KFI's Pastathon to feed Katarina's kids. You'll be able to donate right there at the register, and that donation, just the $10 donation, will provide meals to 14 kids. Also, auction items on the website right now at pastathon.com, including watching a Dodgers game with us in the luxury suite, a speaking part in our upcoming Gary and Shannon Christmas Carol coming up on the 21st of December. All of the information is on there, pastathon.com. Please come out tomorrow. It is a good cause, and it is a great time, so please join us. Uh, John will be in a robe probably at some point in the afternoon. Gary Lucky will wear us. a robe if yeah. you bring him one. That's not a good idea. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Monica, wait, why am I wearing a robe now? For the children. No. Yes. No, no you don't want to scare the children, Shannon. Well, the children no. aren't going to be there. What? Well, <laughs> it's for the children. Why do I, why do I get the... Why, why, you...
Gary and Shannon, all those people that lined the train tracks there to say goodbye to former President George H.W. Bush. Well, a bunch of them are leaving coins on the tracks so that they can be flattened into keepsakes. I was always told not to do that. Yeah, well, that's because you were a youth. (laughs) Doug Allen uh, was one of those guys. He left eight coins on the tracks before the train passed through the small town of Pinehurst. Kind of cool, though. Bush will be buried during a private service on the grounds of his presidential library. Um, we've been watching the uh, the rain. We're hoping for uh, Jim Ryan, who is expected to uh, to give us a call. He's in Houston, uh, or was is in Texas. I'm sorry, following this uh, this long train, and the the train itself has now arrived at College Station. So the Bush family, a couple dozen of them, as a matter of fact, who were on the train with the casket uh, are now off the train and waiting for the casket itself to be brought down from the uh, train that it was on as it's they get ready for the final funeral and burial of George H.W. Bush. We've been keeping an eye on our rains, of course, the rains that uh, not only pounded the Southland overnight. The Southland. Who am I? (laughs) Overnight and into today caused some debris to debris to flow. Why do Has people been say that? Long? Why, why do people say the Southland? Like, if you've been here for more than seven days, why are you saying the Southland? That's like Frisco, right? What nobody, nobody in San Francisco says Frisco. No, they say the city, and we say Southern California. Sorry, it's yeah, all right. It happens to all of us. I also said debris. Uh, <laughs> flowing onto PCH in Malibu. National Weather Service did issue flash flood warnings earlier today for L.A. and Ventura counties. The only flash flood warnings that are up right now are in Riverside County and East Central Orange County. And specifically, they're talking about the Holy Fire burn area. They're telling people to get out uh, of the Holy Fire burn scar because of the potential for debris and mud flows in that area. I think the craziest thing that happened today from the rain was that Southwest flight that uh, hydroplaned on the runway at Hollywood Burbank Airport. The flight from Oakland to Burbank landed about 9 a.m., just soaked runway. Passengers said it wasn't able to slow down uh, as it was landing, and it looked like they were going to collide with cars. Um, Chuckling because that did not happen, no injuries, everything worked the way that it should have worked with that safety system on the runway that was installed just four years ago. Um, It's kind of a collapsible roadway that slows and stops runway aircraft like it did today. All right, so the the big deal, this is going to be the last day that we see a whole lot of coverage of the burial of George H.W. Bush. And just as we're talking, the military pallbearers, this honor guard that has been uh, carrying the casket, uh, is now retrieving it from inside the train and is expected here in just a couple seconds to bring it down the steps uh, towards its final resting place. Jim Ryan has been following the story in Texas for us. What's going to happen with uh, for the rest of the day here for the Bush family? Well, it turns into a very private event now, whereas we had the state funeral yesterday and thousands of people lined up to see, uh, to walk past the casket and thousands more were inside the cathedral to hear uh, President George W. Bush talk about his father. And today, 1,200 people sat in the church in Houston. Uh, 12,000 people made their way across the altar and uh, and walked past the casket as it sat there. Another thousands and thousands of people lined the route of the train as it carried 
the casket from Spring, Texas, up here to College Station. That's all been very, very public. This will be a very private, uh, family-only sort of event, the uh, interment of uh, President George H.W. Bush on the family plot at his library. Seemed like the route uh, was well attended as the train moved through Texas there. It's just remarkable to see these towns essentially shut down so that uh, the the people of those communities could come out and, and pay their respects to see the train go by, uh, see the, the train car with the plexiglass windows on either side holding the flag draped casket. It was remarkable to see how many people cared enough to do that. And then uh, what sort of a, a scene is it at the president's library at the george hw bush library where he will be buried is it far away from from other stuff or i mean how does it how does the layout look well it's really well incorporated into the campus of texas a&m university and so uh, they, you know it's sort of like his son's uh, library and museum up at southern methodist university in dallas they're very close they're, it's on the campus itself and uh, you know it the, the museum itself is quite interesting. It tells the story of uh, George W. Bush even before his uh, entry into politics and certainly the White House. talks about his military career. The bomber jacket he wore when he was shot down over the Pacific is on exhibit there, as is one of the aircraft, or at least an example of the aircraft he flew. Very cool. All right, Jim, thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you. Jim Ryan there, the latest in Texas, the Aggie War Hymn is being played right now by the Texas A&M Aggie Band as uh, people stand at attention. The president's body being transferred from the train uh, with military pallbearers there, and they're going to move it towards its uh, final resting place there at the George H.W. Bush Presidential Library. Well, tomorrow is the big day. Yeah, it's a big, big day. Got to come out and join us because it is a good cause, but it's also a lot of fun from start to finish, from 5 a.m. with Wake Up Call all the way through 10 p.m. with Tim Conway Jr. We will be raising money and pasta and sauce for Katarina's Club. Yeah, this is going to be a cool thing because not only are we going to be broadcasting live, there will be things that you will only be able to get when you're out there at Christ Cathedral. Uh, we will have some stuff from our show that we will be auctioning off, perhaps some special little things. Uh, Nick has just announced that he's going to bring some stuff from the office. We have no idea what that means, well, but that's a good thing. We were debating whether or not to to bring our uh, unicorn head. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's a great idea. You know, some people they have game on right. the walls. Right. Uh, you know, kills if you if you will. Taxidermy. Taxidermy. Right. We have a uh, a unicorn head. Uh, so we will be out there from 10 until 2. In it's fact, wearable. Every show will be out there live tomorrow, starting with Jonesy and Wake Up Call at 5 a.m. all the way through the Conway Show at 10 p.m. If for some reason you can't make it out there, don't lie. But if you can't make it out there, go to pastathon.com. You can still help out. You can find the drop-off locations if you have gathered pasta and sauce. There's a place near you to drop it off. You can also donate online, money, uh, checks, uh, credit cards, whatever it is, at pastathon.com. And a key thing there is the auction items that we have. Not only do you, you have uh, opportunity for the KFI cocktail party where you mix and mingle and tingle with all of us, all of the hosts. What does tingle involve? I'm not certain. But I think I was exposed to it at the last one. Okay. Not sure. I'd have to go back and check the tape. Uh, she was nice. The uh, the uh, 
the other thing is uh, we are auctioning off going to watch a Dodgers game with us in the luxury suite. You could bid on that right now. It's so much fun. Uh, Hot dog, uh, as many Dodger dogs as you can fit. I was amazed at how many that you could uh, fit in your mouth at one time. That was an amazing thing. I saw it in the Guinness Book of World Records that time. You know that one guy had like 110 cigarettes in his mouth? That's what you looked like. And then the other thing is a speaking part in our upcoming Gary and Shannon, A Christmas Carol. Yes. Hey, you tell people I'm wearing a robe, then you're going to have to pay the price, too. Oh, is this still on? Blake, can you hit the thing? That's it. That's it. That is it. Gary and Shannon.